Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. Uh, it's me. It's your boy. Um, I'm happy that you guys are listening. I'm happy that I get to talk to you guys again. This is, uh, this is awesome, and I'm really happy for this, I guess. Um, yeah. How are you guys doing? Hope you're doing well. Hope you have a great week. I usually start by saying that, so I'm, I'm going to say it. Cool. Um, I want to talk this week, I want to give you guys a brief history of my marathon running experience. Uh, why would you do that, Jesse? Why would you talk to us, uh, give us a brief history of your marathon running experience? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I have selected a marathon to run this year. Uh, it is the Kansas City Marathon. It is uh, October 16th, 2021 in Kansas City, Missouri. And... That race is currently 26 weeks away, which is a neat little stat because, for one thing, uh, 26 weeks is half the year, so it's about six months away. And it's also very neat because the marathon is 26 miles, so it seems like it's a very uh, appropriate time to, to discuss it, I guess. It's kind of a neat little thing. At least I'd think it's a neat little thing, but I'm kind of a nerd, so whatever. Um... I ran a marathon, my only marathon, my first marathon, uh, on March 30th of 2019, um, and it was uh, the hardest thing I've ever done and one of the worst days of my life, <laughs> um, but it's also one of the things I'm most proud of, so like it's got this weird, uh, a weird thing. So why did I sign up to run that marathon in the first place? Like why... Why would I do that to myself? Um, ever since I was a kid, ever since I was very little and I learned what a marathon was and how far it was and how difficult it was for people to actually commit to and run a marathon, I thought to myself, I'm going to do this someday. Someday I'm going to get out and I'm going to train and I'm going to run a full-on marathon. Um, something about the idea of doing something really, really hard that not very many people do, uh, that just, it really spoke to me. And so I've had it in my mind that I'm going to do this ever since I was a kid. So for years and years and years, I have had running a marathon on my, uh, my New Year's resolution. It's something that I'd made a goal to do year after year, and it's something that I told myself that I was going to do, and I had never done it. I'd, I'd never actually put in the effort to make it happen. Um, I, I tried, and I told myself I was going to try it a couple times when I was at FC, and I eventually just had enough of it. I decided that there's no, there's no room for quitting anymore. I'm going, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to let myself back out anymore. So I reached out to my cousin, Drew. Uh, Drew has run several marathons. In fact, he has his own lifetime goal of running a marathon in every single state. So he wants to run 50 marathons throughout his life. And so I thought, you know what? Let's talk to him. I need somebody to keep me accountable, someone that's going to commit to this with me. And Drew was super supportive. He was really super helpful. And we picked out a marathon. We chose a marathon in Carmel, Indiana, which is pretty much just Indianapolis. 
And by the time we'd made this decision, um, we were, it was like right around Christmas. So I start running like Christmas Eve, a couple days before Christmas, something like that. With all intents and purposes of running a marathon in like 16 weeks. Um, which is absolute insanity. It's something that you should absolutely never do to yourself. Like, why in the world? Um, a normal training program to run a marathon is about a 16-week-long program. Uh, which is hard enough if you've, like, been running. Um, I hadn't been running at all. So I started from zero, and I said, in 16 weeks, I want to run a marathon. Uh, it's, I mean, talk about going from zero to 100. Like, that's, it was absolutely reckless of me to think that I could do that and to think that I could make that happen. Uh, but I'm, I'm a stubborn person. Once I set my mind to something, I'm, I'm awfully set on doing it. Um, and I had Drew to help support me and to keep me honest about going on runs and training properly and committing to running the race with me. Um, a big thing that helped a lot was paying for it. Like, once you put down the money and say, I, this is it, I'm spending my money to do this, um, that was a big, big deal, uh, especially since, since I was broke that year. I had pretty much no money to spend. Like, the $75 I spent on registration was not money I just had lying around. Like, that was a big deal to me that I spent $75 on it, because I didn't spend $75 on anything. I mean, that's... I ate... I bought groceries... For like three weeks for $75 like I was that broke um, so I started running I started training in Kentucky in December <laughs> which is not the worst place to have to train in December like we didn't really get any snow it was it was cold but it wasn't like horribly cold uh, what it was was wet that was a very wet winter uh, it wasn't cold enough to snow but boy did we get some rain so I had, I ran a lot of miles, I mean a lot of miles in just pouring rain because I had to get the runs in. And that was just, that's something that looking back on it, I'm like, wow, who was that 20 year old kid that just thought he could do it? Um, so I, I ran a lot of miles, I got comfortable I really settled into it pretty well for a guy who was not running at all. I I got really comfortable. I stayed on top of my runs and my training for a good portion of those 16 weeks. I did really a good job. Um, then I started having some pretty serious issues. Um, for one, uh, my feet hurt a lot when I run. And that was not helped by the fact that I was not wearing a pair of shoes that were good for my feet. Um... Yeah, that, that was a real problem for me. Um, I have much more recently learned that I have flat feet. And you got to take care of feet that are flat because they hurt all the time. And th this whole flat-footedness will come back later uh, to haunt me as I, as I continue to tell the story and how this worked out for me. So I'm training and I'm doing really well. I'm keeping up between classes and running and work, and I was, I was really making a real effort of it, and I was really proud of myself. But um, then I started having some real issues with my knee, which was weird because it, 
it was basically my knee, but not the actual joint or any of the muscles or any of that. It's just kind of a weird thing. Um, I had something that is called Osgood Schlatter's disease, which sounds a lot more dramatic than it really is. Um, <laughs> it's not really a disease, like it, it doesn't, it's not debilitating or anything, but what it really means is that your growth plates and, and like your tibia, that bone just beneath your, uh, beneath your kneecap, like your shin bone. Uh, your growth plate hasn't completely closed off yet. So, like, technically, that means I could still grow. I was still growing. Um, and what Osgood Schlatter's does is it starts depositing a bunch of, like, cartilage up at the top of your tibia. And so I've got this bump under my kneecap that you can see and feel on, on my left leg. And it's harmless. Like, it's just cartilage. It doesn't really do anything. But when it's first getting there it's like it's like having growing pains and it hurt so bad like I could just kind of tap it you know just kind of little and it, it hurt really bad to touch it I couldn't walk upstairs very comfortably like I was it was hurting me to walk around how in the world was I meant to go run and so that really really didn't help the fact that I wasn't, it really hurt my training, just not being able to get out and run like I could because my knee hurt. Uh, it really, really got ugly around February, around the middle of February. It started getting really, really bad. I was needing to run about four times a week, give or take, something like that, four or five times a week. I was running like once a week, twice a week at most. Um, I think... In the whole month before the race, I had run like five times. So, you know, the race was on the 30th. So I had a full month and I was running like once a week. Like I was in horrible, horrible shape. Um, and it, it proved itself. It, it showed itself uh, come race day. So my cousin Drew and his friend Jesse... Uh, he met us up in Bowling Green. It was race weekend. It's time to go, man. We're going to do this thing. Uh, we ride up there with him, and, you know, we're all excited. I'm I'm sick as a dog. I'm anxious about... I'm anxious about the marathon, because for one thing, it's a marathon. It is hard for people who have trained properly, and I am in not marathon running shape. Like, I'm in, I'm in a bad way. So I'm, I'm super anxious to begin with. And I start kind of being a little more open with Drew and Jesse about my training and how it had not been going well and how I had not been training the way I was supposed to due to some, some injury things. And neither one of them said it to my face, and I think it's really good that they didn't, but they, they were not convinced that I was going to make it through at all. Uh, and they're, you know... I can't really blame him. A guy who hasn't trained trying to run 26 miles? Yeah, like, that is a recipe for disaster. So, we get out, we start running, and it's, we haven't actually started running it, but it's start line, race starts about 7 a.m., so we've been up super early, uh, didn't sleep super well the night before. It is cold, it is drizzling, and it's like, great, this is awesome. Um, 
the race starts and I'm feeling okay. Like honestly, I was really impressed with how well uh, the first half of the race went for me. Um, I made it the f- I made it a whole 13.1 miles. I mean, I made the whole half marathon without feeling like I needed to stop and catch my breath and walk. But man, after that first 13, I was I was having some <laughs> I was having a little bit of a come to Jesus moment, if you will, where I was starting to think this is not good. I was I was struggling just just my legs were not strong enough. My legs were tired and weak and they just did not have the power to to get there. And I was starting to realize that this is getting really ugly really really fast for me. Like this is this is not good. And luckily, uh Drew had committed to actually running with me the whole time, just staying by me and keeping me going. And I mentioned this, I I briefly told this story in my New Year's resolution episode beginning of the year. But if it wasn't for Drew being there, I would not have completed the marathon. I would have quit. I would have, you know, flagged somebody down and said, get me out of here. I can't do it. But he kept pushing me, you know, a tenth of a mile at a time, just slowly getting me to go because I was was completely gassed. I was tired, just in a really bad way, just horrible. Um, And we got to about mile 20, like, he had pushed me for seven miles, which is no small feat. He pushed me for seven miles, and by 20, I couldn't hardly put weight on my left foot. Like, it was it was like a stabbing, sharp pain in my foot that I couldn't ignore. Like, this is not my normal, like, my feet hurt because I got flat feet. This is, like, bad. So we, we flagged down a medic, take a look at me. They're like, well, your bone's not broken. You know, we, we can call a van and get you to the finish line. You know, you want to call it quits. Um, and this is where my stubbornness and my hard-headedness come into play. Um, I couldn't let myself do that. Because, like I said, I, I spent basically my only f- my only free $75 to run this event. Like, I put in the money. I put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to get there at all. And so I definitely wasn't going to waste my time. You know, I wasn't going to not run. I wasn't going to not finish just because my foot hurt. Um, and so I said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I put my shoes back on, and off we went. We weren't running. We weren't even jogging. We were walking for six miles. And just, I, I didn't want to quit, and there was no part of me that could make myself quit. It just wasn't in me. And we walked the last six miles. We ran the last 0.2. So once we got to mile 26, Drew was like, I know your foot hurts, but we are not walking across the finish line. So we ran across it, and it felt great. Like, it felt really good to know that I'd finished, but I felt, I mean, absolutely horrible. So I was exhausted. I slept. I took about a four-hour nap and then slept real hard the night of. Um, came back to Bowling Green, got my foot x-rayed, found out that I had agitated some soft tissue in the bottom of my foot, and I got put in like a, in a boot for like two weeks, which wasn't really a big deal. It was like kind of a minor inconvenience, but nothing too big. 
but that was because I had flat feet and I wasn't wearing shoes that were good for me and eventually just pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding I had agitated some soft tissue that wasn't well supported in my shoes and blew up my entire race um, I'm, I'm not happy with it like I'm, I'm proud of myself for not quitting like looking back at that I'm I'm pleased with that but I just I'm disappointed because I worked really hard to make it 13 miles slow grind through seven of them and walk the last six like that's that's pathetic I'm not I'm not okay with saying that I've run a marathon if that was the circumstances I mean it took me five hours and 45 minutes to finish and like that's horrible I was shooting for like a 420 and just I mean bombed I it was horrible it was horrible and I'm really not pleased with it so I've been looking forward to giving it a second try 2020 was not the year for it so this year I've I've said I want to do Kansas City I'm going to do it Uh, it's kind of a neat race because for one it's the closest thing to a hometown marathon that I'm ever going to run like Polo, Missouri, where I'm from, not going to have a marathon. And so Kansas City is about as close as I'm going to get to that. Uh, it's, it's in October, which is a nice time of the year to go out and run. It's nice and cool. Um, it's a Saturday, which is great because there are a lot, of, a lot of marathons that run on Sunday. Like, what in the world? You aren't even giving people, like, a day off the next day to rest. Like, that's wild. So it's a Saturday. It's in October. And it's always really close to my mom's birthday. So for obvious reasons, like Kansas City is like obviously the race that I need to run. So I've put that on my calendar. I haven't yet registered for it uh, just because I probably need to. Because, again, that's just like that that $90 I'll spend to register is like going to go a long way into saying you paid for this. You're not going to you're not going to throw in the towel and you're not going to like half commit to this. You're going to go. But uh, my circumstances to run this marathon are going to be very different from the last time. Uh, for one, I have resources. Um, by resources, I just mean money. Like, I have a pair of shoes that fit me well and that are good for my feet. Like, that's great. Um, I have money to spend on taking better care of my diet. Uh, one of our listeners, Jeremy, was a roommate with me at the time. He knows what I was eating, and it was pathetic. I was eating, like, pasta and eggs and beans like that's what I could afford to eat and so I was eating like pasta with olive oil just like a whole plate of it just a ton of carbs and I just was not taking great care of my body because I didn't have the money to do so like I was stretching and I was trying my best I was super hydrated but I was not fueling my body the way I probably needed to but having an actual job and resources make that a much more easy thing to happen like it's much easier for me to take better care of my body so like shoes i've got money to actually eat right like that's that's awesome um i do have less time than i had as a college student because i could i could run between my classes you know i was i was done with classes at three o'clock so i had like all afternoon slash evening to go run um i don't have that anymore i have an eight to five job so I'm either going to have to start getting really comfortable running at night with a headlamp or I'm going to have to start getting up early. Um, my, I think my second 
episode this year was called Don't Press Snooze, and it was about like trying not to hit the snooze button and getting up and getting after it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm happy to announce that since that episode's come out, I have not gone a single day without hitting snooze on my alarm. I am horrible about it. Like, talk about being a hypocrite, man. Uh, I've got to start getting up early if I'm going to make this work, because right now... I'm just trying to get back into the swing of running and getting my legs stronger and getting more comfortable uh, just on short runs. But as a marathon training progresses, you're going to have to start running like a pretty casual 9, 10, 12 miles. And like that takes time. Like that's that's two hours. You know, you've got to start. I'm going to have to start really um making time for it, cutting out time for it. And if that means getting up early, you know, obviously some long runs will be Saturdays, so we've got kind of all day, but part of that's also the weather. Um, part of it's the time and part of it's the weather. Like, I was training for my first marathon in January, February, March, which is pretty nice running weather. It's nice and cool. You're not going to overheat yourself. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's a good time to run. Um, I'm doing it from here to October, so a lot of summer, which is a lot of hot, which is not fun. So uh, you're going to have to start running early in the day when it's the coolest. And so again, that just comes to time. Um, I'm giving myself more of a head start. Like I'm, I'm actually starting and I'm going to start in a good place by the time to start that 16-week training program. Like who would have thought that was such a great idea? Genius? Like kind of dumb for me not to not to have done that before, but, you know, 26 weeks away, that's great. Um, I've got the added bonus of running Ragnar, which I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, like, that's 23 weeks away. Um, so, for those of you keeping track at home, I would run Ragnar in September, and then three weeks later, I would run a marathon. So, I have two very good reasons to get my butt in gear and get out and run and work hard like if you're going to do both of those you've got to be in good shape but the problem the thing i'm probably most concerned about on you know looking forward is in marathon training about three weeks before the race remember that three weeks is important with my schedule um about three weeks before the race you'll run one really long 20 mile run and then you start to taper off like start not running as many miles getting your keeping giving your legs a good long rest before just burning them alive during the race so uh might have to modify my schedule a little bit to make those things happen but ultimately i'm very excited excited what in the world i'm ultimately very excited i'm very excited to to, to get after it like I have a lot of really great memories of going out on runs and that that runner's high that big endorphin rush you get from from going out on a long run and feeling exhausted like I love that feeling um, it's great so I'm really excited to get back into that like I have a lot of memories from that three-month period of just preparing for the race like that was that was an overwhelming force for good in my life and so I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things, getting back into that. That'd be a lot of fun for me. Um, there's that. I'm just, I'm really excited. So, uh, 
I actually, I watched a documentary the other day that reminded me a lot of that time frame, preparing for that first marathon. Um, I watched it probably about eight times in the 16 weeks I spent preparing for that race. Like, I watched it a lot. Um, it's a documentary from about 2015. It was done by Nat Geo. And it is when Nike took three exceptional marathon runners and said, we're going to put a lot of effort into, can we, can we get a person to break two hours in the marathon? Uh, so the, the documentary is called Breaking Two, where two is just the number two. Um, and it's a great, it's a great documentary. Uh, I really enjoy watching it. I watched it about eight times, like I said, and it, it got me through the training process because there were days where I was like, I don't have enough time to get ready for this or I'm just worn out between trying to balance work and school and the training and days where I just really felt like quitting. I'd put on that documentary and for 55 minutes 